Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I am honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 16 of season one of This Osteopathic Life. We're on a little bit of a tumultuous recording schedule this week, and I think that's somewhat reflective of the month of May. I've seen various memes regarding the month of May and how it's 473 days long and this final run at the end of the school year and the energy in the air, and it's just plain chaotic in a lot of ways. In my corner of the world, there have been some additional unfoldings and challenges and unexpected turns of events. And for the first time in the four years that we've been out in Oregon, I was local for the Memorial Day holiday weekend, which is often consumed by a soccer tournament. And this year it doubled down as both of my sons were participating. And so we attended 10 soccer games over the course of three days, and it was good to be present for those and somewhat single-minded in them. To be fair, I did carry a bag and journaled a little bit and read a little bit on the sidelines, but for the most part, I was just cheering on the teams and talking to my fellow parents on the sidelines and just being, which is one of my greatest challenges. I've also admittedly gone back and forth on what to talk about in this podcast. A number of topics have bubbled to the surface and some have dissipated. And the one that keeps circling around and the word that keeps coming up in so many conversations is awakening. And I've been reading kind of with a vengeance this year, and the idea of awakening has been a common topic in a lot of the books that I've read and podcasts that I've listened to, and it seemed appropriate to touch on this and see where it goes. When I think of awakening and look at some of the concepts of it, it talks about coming into existence or awareness, you know, suddenly becoming aware of something. And what might that something be? What realization might you have? What truth might you discover? And in the osteopathic world, you know, is it an awakening, hopefully, to the health and an expansion of the concept of health to include things such as disease? We talked a little bit about this early on, that that spectrum of health is quite broad. And there's a sickness, there's a level of wellness, there's a level of exceptional health that we could all work within. 
And I wonder if in osteopathic medicine, awakening is to that broad concept, into the capacity to see such a wide spectrum that you can truly see the patient where they are and work with them, potentially get where they would want to or would hope to be. One of the books I've had the pleasure of reading recently was by one of my colleagues, um, one of my trainers who eventually became a fellow program director when I assumed that role that he had long led, Stephen Goldman, osteopathic physician, fellow of the American Academy of Osteopathy, and author of a book called Shut Up and Listen, discussing how physicians can get in the way of and how they can be an asset to the care of their patients. And I really appreciated the book, and a lot of the concepts spoke to me um, as things I would love for upcoming physicians to know and patients to understand and physicians in practice to be reminded of. And big shout-out to Dr. Goldman for that, and I've reached out to him to see how we can collaborate. But it was a funny moment for me, having just read the book and come from a remote week of work that was mostly administrative and coming back into a full day of patients. And my very first patient was new, and I felt this wholeheartedness. You know, I was coming into this moment like, yes, I'm going to be fully present and truly listen and do all these things that he talks about in his book that I feel were reflected in the care that I provide for patients. And somehow it came out in this very awkward engagement with the patient. And who knows, you know, sometimes there can simply just be personality clashes or miscommunications or maybe my heightened sensitivity to the perception of how things unfolded. But it was fascinating to me that I took in this huge sense of intention and it almost backfired, you know. Had I just gone at my baseline um, and not tried so hard to implement all of those ideals that were outlined in this book, I might have been better off. And it brought me to the statement that I've been reiterating to my son from my readings that we can set the intention, but we have to let go of the result. And I've spoken that to him in reference to his soccer games. You know, you want to win, you want to score these goals. So set that intention, then let go of the results and play. And I think that was my misstep in that patient engagement. And I can set the intention to be as fully present as I can and to provide optimal care and practice with excellence and then let go of the result of what that looks like and trust the process, trust my training, you know, trust my humanity and be awake but not so overly analytical of the engagement. You know, we can certainly try too hard and in sports that balance of playing to win, you know, versus playing not to lose and at some point, we have to rely on some muscle memory versus really forcing it. I think about that in the vein of music. You know, having been classically trained as a cellist for a number of years, and particularly when I would look at a violin part and see all the notes. You know, cellists by nature tend to have fewer notes on the page, but when it does get intense and fast-paced, 
there is almost a moment when you can't just read all the notes. You have to just kind of see it more globally and trust that you'll hit them all in between. And I definitely, in this encounter, was trying to hit every note and it meant I lost the melody somewhere along the way. And that was a good lesson to take in these learnings and readings and process them, allow them to help me in my own awakening and set good intentions and then let go and just play. Not to suggest that the practice of medicine is playing, but it is practicing and it is about trusting the intention and attention and capacity you gain from your treatment and letting some of those instincts lead the way. It's funny, when I pulled up Awakenings, the movie Awakenings came up, which is logical, and I really hadn't thought about that movie for quite some time. It came out in 1990, based on Oliver Sacks' mem- memoir from 1973 about the utilization of medications and patients who were in catatonic states and how it brought them out of that state, but only temporarily. And that's been a piece of this exploration of awakenings that I've noticed. You know, I'll read these books and get all these great mantras and principles and ways to practice life and govern our family. And you think, I've got it, you know, and I'm, I'm going to be on this next level. And then you have the most chaotic, ridiculous day you know, where everyone's fighting and nothing's going right and you can't find anything. And you think, like, how can it be so clear one moment and then so cloudy the next? Some of that is still, you know, life on the physical and human plane. And I'm learning to roll with that. You know, think about the waves where you crest some and then others you're just tumbling through and hoping you'll come up for enough air to manage the next one. And maybe each time being able to crest the wave for a little bit longer. There are a lot of articles I've come upon of the pain, the brutality, the challenges of awakening. You know, you begin begin to see more clearly your own truths and your own challenges and honestly assess how you are and where you've been you know, it can be a brutal process to recognize things you might have been suppressing or ignoring. And when you turn and face them fully, you know, you pull back the curtain, you remove the blinders, you make those realizations, and then you have to decide, you know, how do I go forward with this, knowing this, aligning myself to this new truth in knowing. And it can be tricky. It can be tricky as it modifies your relationships with others who might not be on that same plane or on that step in the path. And you may just have to set that intention, let go of the result, and maintain a sense of kindness and understanding for those around you. 
So what are some practical measures we can take out of this? I've tried to set the tone in the more recent podcasts of some practical takeaways. And one thing I really appreciated in Eckhart Tolle, which I believe is how you say his name, uh, book, A New Earth, is what it means to become more awake just in the physical plane and noticing things. And one that he mentions are flowers. And to be fair, I appreciate flowers. But for the first time this season, these last two months particularly, I've really been taken aback by flowers and stopped and paused and photographed them, walking into people's yards, not picking them, but taking pictures. Um, And my dear musician for the podcast um, coined the phrase or hashtag trespassing for tulips. And it's so interesting to me. And he notes that flowers are such a powerful aspect of nature and the noticing of them is a signal that you're on this path of awakening, uh, which is really interesting to me. And I just can't stop taking pictures of them, which has never been the case in my past. One of the other concepts he talks about is birds, and it was a really interesting experience at one of those 10 soccer games, the final one actually. We were on the sidelines, and suddenly we noticed this flock of birds go by, and in the center of them is a hawk, and he has a bird in his claws, and his talons, if you will. And the flock of crows took him on and circled around and got him to drop that bird and then took turns as they flew in formation around him, diving and pecking at him and driving him away, um, saving that bird and likely taking him away from a nest um, of new hatchlings. And it was amazing. And they flew, you know, for a good five, ten minutes. They were dedicated to this cause. And seeing that power of the collective was really interesting. So I would challenge you on that point to, again, without looking or trying too hard, think about in recent weeks or months if there's something that you've noticed that seems more vibrant, more present, more frequent in your central or your peripheral vision than it normally might have been. Maybe it's words, maybe it's flowers, maybe it's trees, maybe it's a person in your community that just keeps coming up to your attention. And what does that mean? What connection can you make? And what intention can it help you to set? And what result can you then make peace with letting go of? Another concept and sticking closer to the osteopathic principles is what awakening within the health can you have? And how can we broaden our perspective of what our relationship with and our definition of health might be? You know, sometimes we close our eyes and have a picture of health and it's this muscular, fit person, usually young, vibrant, glowing skin. And that's fair, that's reasonable. What else might health look like? You know, think of health at the end of life. Um, a colleague of mine was just invited to meet with the Dalai Lama, and certainly 
he is aged, but if we think about the concepts of health, the vibrancy, the joyfulness, the ebullience he exudes is certainly a marker of health, however near to the end of his physical life he might be. And how can we consider health in that realm? How can we awaken to that concept of health in the older years? Even in the concept of an alignment with disease. Again, in the medical profession, we are so pressured and driven to eliminate disease and cure and fix and heal and all valiant and valid hopes and attempts. But at the same time, you know, sometimes disease is part of that spectrum of health and we need to learn how to be with people with disease on board and that they can still manifest health. They can still be some of the most vibrant and vital people that we know, even as they're realigning with what's going on with their body, with their physiology, with the pathology that's expressing itself. And that's been really a big stop for me recently uh, with a lot of folks and with a lot of concepts and just reflecting on my past. You know, I grew up with parents much older than average and we were often kind of the open door policy house for folks who were struggling. So I often saw people at various ages and stages and with addictions and with health issues and I can respect that my parents often not necessarily directly or you know, verbally, but were aligning with the health for these people and finding the ways they could be successful and you know, supporting them as they could. And also just acknowledging their humanity and you know, shining a light on the health that way. And that is one thing I hope to bring to my patients, to members of my community, is that you can you know, still be in that circle of health, in that circle of fullness of humanity with any number of extreme or minor diagnoses or unknowns, which is often the hardest place to be in healthcare is to know you're not at your peak of wellness, but to not know exactly what's going on or how to help yourself or who can help you. And to still be awake and aware and honoring of the health, particularly for those individuals. So I'd ask you to close your eyes and see if you can manifest division of a number of different editions, iterations of health and see it in various concentrations, in various levels of intensity. See it shine through disease and illness and challenges mentally, emotionally, physically. And the more we can honor that and shine the light on that, the greater impact we can have on bringing it to the forefront. Another piece of awakening for me has been recognizing and understanding how broad 
the approach to a philosophy can be even in the most seemingly like-minded individuals. And I encountered this with a colleague who I deeply respect and admire and who has been a mentor to me in many ways. And we were having a discussion, which is one of my greatest gifts I've experienced in our relationship is these continual ongoing collegial discussions and challenges and debates. And we came to a point where we were just discussing a concept and they, our opinions were very discrepant. And initially, I was kind of traumatized by this, thinking, are we really not on the same page with this? You know, you're this person who's supposed to be aligned professionally with me, and if you don't believe this, then who would? And I admit, I freaked out a little bit. But I paused. To be fair, I exercised and ate something, which are usually good things to do. Um, if I'm having an imbalanced moment, so it's always good to recognize for yourself what you might need to be more secure and logical and rational in your discussions and decision-making. And then I came back to it with a greater sense of gratitude that there were these different perspectives. Because certainly we don't want to exist again in this blinded, echo-chambered world. And I thought, well, how brilliant that this person who I know and respect and would trust with the care of my family and see the good that comes from the patients who are under his care, that we can have such distinct visions and interpretations of our philosophy and still respect one another, still refer to one another, still defer to one another, continue to learn from one another, And I realized how much that enriches the tapestry of my practice and personal and professional development. And what was a traumatic aha moment became a triumphant aha moment because we should want to be challenged and her horizons broadened um, by those nearest and dearest to us and those maybe on the other side of the spectrum, you know, politically or philosophically and otherwise. And so I would encourage you to take pause in moments you might feel disheartened or that the rug has been pulled out from under you and that you can't believe that what you thought to be true of a person isn't. And to take a break, maybe go for a run, have a nourishing snack, and then come back to it and see how that could actually be an enrichment of your experience, of your knowledge, of your relationship with that person, of your practice personally and professionally, and what we can gain and offer um, each other in those moments. So those are the takeaways of the awakenings I offer to you this week. And I welcome you to sit with the change in the music at the start and end of this podcast and see what you hear through, among, between the notes. And to practice those pieces, broadening your spectrum of the definition of health, challenging your relationships, and seeing where something that might be perceived as a disagreement or a conflict can actually be opportunity to learn and to grow. And then to notice in your surroundings 
what might be coming up more frequently, more vibrantly to you, and what lesson that might be providing. So I thank you for listening. I thank you for the opportunity that I truly believe has come largely from recording this podcast, preparing, researching, reading. It has allowed me to gain moments of awakening, and I'll continue to explore them and welcome them and learn from them. And a big gratitude to Dr. Stephen Goldman for his book, for sharing his personal and professional experiences to help strengthen the profession and humanity in general. Shut Up and Listen is the book. You can get it on Amazon. It's a self-published book, and I highly recommend it. And I hope you'll join me next time. My goal is perhaps again later this week um, so I can stay on track rhythmically with the podcasts. Wishing you as much chaos and clarity as you can handle and as much as you seek in this month of May. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.